This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX 350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everyone. We are here for Mav Sports Take, episode 62, your unmuzzled sport talk, focusing on the business of sports. If you are joining us live, you could be on YouTube, you could be on Twitter, you could be on Facebook. Of course, it is 844. Eastern time. We always talk in, in Eastern time because the West Coast time does not exist. Pacific Standard Time does not exist. It's a myth. Nobody lives on the other side of the Mississippi or out West. It's just not a thing. So appreciate you all, of course, for taking a listen to us. If you're listening to us on one of the glorious podcast platforms, we wish you to, we hope that you will take a second, give us a rating. Give us five stars. We'd really appreciate to continue to grow this fantastic show, which again is on episode 62. I can't believe that we're way more than, like we are well over the 50 mark to get into episode 100 when David Turner finally sold, sends me a gold watch. I am Ryan Roberts, the creator of RiseAndDraft.com, joined, of course, the owner of Maverick Sports Consulting, 18-year scouting vet across the NFL, CFL, and three straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers. Uh, resume that is longer than the list that Santa Claus gets for Christmas on uh, for kids. So, David Turner, how are you, my friends? I know we had some technical issues to start, but it is good to see you on this fine Tuesday evening. Yeah, no, it's great to see you too. I'm, I'm excited about being here. Obviously, we got some great guests lined up for everybody. Mm-hmm. So let's get, I mean, let's get to it. We're a little late, you know. We had a little technical difficulty, but now we're ro- we're rocking and rolling, baby. We are, man, and like you said, we have a couple great interviews lined up. We're going to be joined by Darren Brewer in a second. He's the CEO of Redline Fundraising, which David is doing some work with. Want to get some insights into this fundraising business that he is a part of. He's also a part of a World Series of Baseball winning team, Lewis Clark State. I think he has – What David, was it his son or was it his nephew that is a part of Washington State football, baseball team right now? What was it? Foot, football team, the Washington State football team and track team yes. right now. And track, track. That's what I was saying. It's his nephew. It's his nephew. It's his nephew. It is the track team, which I love track and field. Been a long-time coach for track and field and football. Want to dive a lot into that one. And then, of course, we have – Mr. Cole Turner, who is a tight end wide receiver out of the University of Nevada. Carson Strong's go-to guy this past weekend, David. 12 catches, 175 yards in their 34-17 victory over University of Hawaii. Want to dig deep into his performance and just the season so far for the 5-1 Nevada Wolfpack. Before we do, would you be a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level? You answered yes. 
then why not secure coaching for them from an expert? Here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we work with high school athletes of all sports to create a strategy for the recruitment process. With limited scholarships given each and every year, having a pointed recruiting plan helps our clients secure their opportunity to play collegiate sports. We focus on your transcripts, your film, your leadership, and more to set your goals and create pathways to get to them. Whether you're looking to attend an SEC school or Slipper Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to those goals for 2022. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting today. So like I said, Dave, we're going to roll right into our first interview. A friend of yours, we're welcoming now to the show, Mr. Darren Brewer, Brewer, again, CEO of Redline Fundraising. Darren had some technical difficulties, but excited to have you on. How are you, my man? Good. I'm excited to be here with you guys. This is is cool. I'm glad you had me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Darren, I think the best way to start this interview is tell us a little bit about Redline Fundraising, and then obviously we want to go deep into the business side of everything and exactly what you guys do. Yeah, we founded Redline Fundraising around 10 years ago. Um, I've been in the fundraising industry, mainly high school sports. We do youth and some middle school, but the bulk of it has been uh, at the high school level. Um, We were doing all kinds of the traditional fundraising like uh, beef jerky, popcorn, cookie dough sales, gold cards. Um, The gold card business, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but it funds about 80% of the high school football sports programs. that's what buys all the equipment, and most of the schools do not uh, give the most of the schools do not give the programs enough money. So that's why, you know, there's a need there for a, a niche company like us. About two and a half years ago, we built a, a, a donation platform, and so we no longer use any products. It's straight, uh, strictly a, a platform where people, kids, uh, we use cell phones for texting, and kids, uh, their their homework is 25 good cell phone numbers of people they think would help support them. And then they, 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 we, we build a, a master text in their phone. They copy and paste that master text uh, out to their 25 cell phone numbers. And it's kind of magical. Within three to five minutes, um, the donations start coming in um, of them texting. And we bring monitors in. The kids get to watch it. It's fun. It's 50 minutes. We call it the one-hour event. It goes for 30 days. But most of the, income, most of the money is, is brought in in the first three days because it's cell phones. It's not emails. That's awesome. So that that's kind of a little a quick peek of it of of kind of how it works. And I would love to dig deeper, Darren, because I have actually been a high school football and track and field coach for eight years, and I have been especially early on in you know my kind of like coaching career is you know I always just remember these discount cards, right? Like yes. we would give to the kids, yes. they would sell. How much foresight went into this expansion away from products into? the technological age. I feel like it just makes so much sense. Kids are always on their cell phones anyway, so let's yeah. make it to good use in this in this environment. Well, we have quite a few competitors, but most of the competitors that came into the to the business, they're emails. And so now we're, we're kind of, technology moves along and a lot of your high school kids, they don't really even have emails. So we, we, we looked at all the, the competitors that have been out there for six, seven years. They're very successful. They've made a lot of money uh, for, for a lot of um, uh, you know student athletes. Um, but we just said, hey, look, we're, how can we do this better? How can we make it faster? And that's kind of what we've done. We built a platform on, uh, based on what they've done, but then we've improved it in a lot of different ways. One is cell phones. It's easier for the kids to get cell phone numbers than emails. Two is 
um, because 85% of the money gets raised in the first three days, we cut a check on the fourth day. So the coach has uh, a check in hand, you know, around that eight or nine day period where all the email platforms, most of them don't, they don't get paid for that for over 50 days. A lot of it's 60 days out. So um, especially with this pandemic, uh, with COVID, you know, and, and a lot of people have missed uh, raising funds for maybe the last two years. Um, it's important that we get money in their hands right away. And especially and now, um, you know, I was talking with David uh, a couple of days ago, um, the, the garment, you know, industry is backed up. And so now, you know, uniform, everything is just taking way longer than what it should. So it, that's why it's important that we get, you know, um, money in, in coaches' hands as soon as possible. Um, to kind of go back, I, I kind of went around your question a little bit. The, bolt, the gold card business, to be honest with you, the discount cards, which you're familiar with, that was the bulk of our business for the last, you know, not not two years, but before that previous eight years. Um, that was probably 80% of our income was based on football gold cards that we did. And so what's kind of exciting now, it's a transition. And this year we ran uh, quite a few football teams. And I'll just give you a quick sample. One football team in particular, um, basically the best they'd ever made profit was about $14,000 with the gold card. And I convinced them, hey, let's do this. Let's do it bigger and better. We don't need the gold card. And we, we raised over $30,000, which their profit was somewhere around the $25,000, $26,000 range, which, I mean, they, you know, they, were, they flipped out over it. They were like, this is unbelievable. And it's so simple. It's easy. You know, we're not asking kids to go out on the street, sell gold cards for five or six hours to get 20 sold. Um, basically, what we're asking them to do is get 25 good cell phone numbers of people that they think would help support them. And they can reach out to their mom, their dad, their grandparents, aunt and uncle, siblings to help them with that that's 25 cell phone list. And I'm so jealous, I must say, because I, not only just being a coach, but I remember being a high school athlete and having to go door to door with these cards. And I mean, I was not like the most outgoing kid in the world because I was like, oh my God, I got to go up to, and ask these people. I was like trying to pawn them off to my parents. Like, hey, can you take these to work? <laughs> I don't want these Absolutely. anymore. I'm so jealous of these kids now, man. They have no idea how easy they have it. They just throw it in a yeah. cell phone and it's crazy. It's so man. much easier and it makes so much more money. You know, yeah. one of the things that I'll kind of in particular just point out is like you, you know, you you said you sold gold cards. The price point now is twenty or twenty-five dollars. Most people are moving to a twenty-five dollar price point card. The thing is, is you go to a, a doorstep and they'll buy one card, um, yeah. and that's great. But with our donation platform, our average donation when you average poor schools, rich schools, whatever, um, we're, we're looking at you know somewhere between fifty-three to sixty-five dollars as an average donation. So right there. We're three times in that same, you knocked on a door, got a gold card cell. Well, that cell, you know, now is three cells, you know, so it's, it's just, um, that's why we make more money. It's easier for everybody involved. And what I really like when I got involved in this, in this company was because the, the heart of it, what Darren and Locke, his partner have really brought into it was this great heart to support and make sure that, you know, kids have a equipment, uniforms, everything, ability to, you know, be able to play and uh, have sports. And they also do cheer and dance and they have bands and stuff. So it's all about kids having the extracurriculars that when I grew up, the ability to go play. So, you know, I, I was really excited when we got on board with each other and we were able to, um, pair this up and move forward with one another because it was really exciting 
to to know that the heart of this company is really about helping kids continue to play sports, band, you know, acting, whatever needs funding. Uh, they can help do that. And, you know, while, yeah, we make, you know, the company makes a little profit off of it. It's still the bulk of the money, like Darren said, goes to the different individuals within three to four days. And then, and then it's all about, you know, getting the money to the coaches so they can get the money to the vendors and go from there. And, and I like that it's a little more authentic, to be honest with you, too. It's because I, I know, Darren, you're, you already mentioned it. It's like, you know, you, you take a card to a – you take the card to, to the doorstep. Every family is just going to buy one card, right? I think it's, it's, it's a more natural, more authentic thing, though, to be honest, when you go to a door – or not when you go to a door. When you reach out to someone and say, like, hey, this is a donation. This is going right back – because I remember, like, some people would be like, they would look at the car, they'd be like, I, I don't want to go to Domino's, you know? Like, I don't, go to, I, don't, I don't go to this store, I don't go to that store. And it seems like kind of, for me anyway, it was unauthentic to a degree because it's like you're buying these products, but w- the real cause of everything and the real support that you're giving is directly to these programs. So I think it's fantastic that you're now yeah. bridging that gap and making it more of an authentic approach f- to help these student athletes and helping these programs to make money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I kind of add to that, you know, the, the thing is, is with the gold card discount business, you know, I, I was putting my name on stuff. So I was I wasn't going to put anything out there that wasn't didn't have real value. But the reality is, is we only had about a five percent retention rate. So they didn't really, really get used. So what's nice and there's cost in there, there's fixed costs that you can't get around. Now we go around that, you know, our fixed cost is, you know, we're a company. This is what we do. We bring it to you. Um, but you know, we have credit card processing and then we, we take, you know, we have reps and so we pay our reps, um, for helping people, but the more money is getting into the pockets of the coaches so they can, you know, do what they need to do to help the program. So, and how, how big is the company now gotten? Is this still like a regionalized basis? We're we're a very, very small company. Uh, uh, you know, we're basically open in six States. Um, soon, you know, our goal is our, our 12 month goal is to get into uh, 25 total states. And then hopefully, you know, within the 24 months, we want to be in, uh, have a rep in every state. Um, we're, we're very, very small. So we're doing, you know, um, next year, the projection is we'll probably hit 10 million in donations, which is, you know, it, when you spread that out, it's not, it sounds big, but, you know, we're still small. That's a pretty small company. Um, most of our reps, um, will, you know, after within 12 months, we'll get to a million in volume. So we're talking about 10 reps doing a million in volume. We'll have a few more than that to get 10 million, but you know, that's, that's kind of a little bit of the, uh, of the plan. So. Well, David, let me ask you a question. Cause I think there's a lot of layers. Obviously this is something that you have talked to Darren a lot about and that you have expressed interest in for you, in your opinion, what makes this company and this model so attractive to want to get involved in and the, obviously the great things that they're doing for these teams and these athletes. What makes it the most attractive is the ability to use cell phones, that technology and get right to, so it's not like, you know, Johnny's going to grandma and saying, grandma, buy cookie dough or buy popcorn or whatever. And, you know, like you said, they're not going to eat the cookie dough or the popcorn. They're just doing it to help the kid out. So you're just, you know, now it's just like, Hey, their technology is just so streamlined. You get a text from Johnny or Joey or Tiffany or whomever, 
from their cell phone. So, so the company, Redline, never captures the information. They don't resell the information. They're not looking to line their pockets like other companies do in this realm with, a, you know, subsequent selling off of, you know, the, the, the cell phone numbers or the emails or what have you. They're just like, no, this is coming straight from Johnny or Jenny's phone. And it's like, hey, click this link donate to this program it, and as soon as they click the link it goes straight to the 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 individual schools program you know page or landing page so it's not like you're thumbing through a bunch of you know other schools and trying to find it and trying to you know it's unique it's absolutely unique so if your football team or your cheer team it goes right to that page and now that you go right to that page it makes it streamlined for them to pick a donation amount put it in plug in a Venmo or their or their platinum card or what have you and then run it and boom it's done and like Darren said we run a team uh, you know the redline runs a team building event as this is happening so as soon as they you know it takes about I think he told me correct me if I'm wrong Darren but he said it takes about most kids 25 you know texts take about 10 to 15 minutes and then it gives the coach and, uh, and and the group of Redline employees the ability to now spend 45 minutes team building, running the event, bring Gatorade candy, run some games with them. And then the tote board monitors going. So as people are starting to run it, you know, the, the numbers are starting to come in over that hour. You see the tote board and it's filling up. And then it also gives some back end support where the coaches can go into the back end and run off a report daily to see who's been getting their, you know, their parents and their donations in. And it's like, you know, you can go to Joey. Hey, Joey, you only got three people to donate. Can you re maybe reach back out to them and, you know, shoot them another text? Or, hey, Tiffany, you know, you, you've, you're doing a great job. You got all, 10 of your 25. That was great. That was our goal for you. And you, you already hit it. It's only day four. Maybe some more will come in over the month, you know, try to work them a little bit, you know, and therefore, boom. There's some back end support so the coaches can, you know, again, it's a month long campaign, but 80 to 85 percent of the money comes in within the first four days. Um, so they, you know, they cut the check and it gets to the coach right away. And then they they sum up the, you know, at the end of the month, they, they close out the account. Whatever's left over, what's ever come in goes back out. So I love the streamline effect. I love, again, the heart of it because they're not capturing the information at all. And they're really, you know, just using it for the benefit of each individual program. And at one school, you can help, you know, like seven or eight, nine sports plus band plus cheer. And, you know, that's just such a good feeling to know that when you walk off that campus, those programs have been serviced in the best of your ability and with a, a clean product to capture as much money as they need to maybe take that big trip to D.C. or compete in a dance competition or go to Texas for a cheer competition or something that they might not have been able to fund before. Because, again, these districts are so strapped for cash these programs have been cut back on what they can and can't do. And these kids are just, they're suffering with it. I mean, they had to spend a year out of school, almost a year and a half out here in Arizona, out of school. And you're a teacher, you know, you've been doing all the online school stuff. And it's like, it's so hard for them to, you know, get funding for anything. And here's a situation where you can use their phones, their connections, their mom and dad's 
business friends that they usually would lug in the catalog, pick what you want. Johnny's got to, you know, Johnny's got to sell popcorn again. Pick what you want. And I was just like, hey, can I, is it cool if I give you my, your cell phone to my son? He's going to text you a link to donate. Hell yeah. That makes it easier on me. I don't have to worry about delivering popcorn and crap. Cool. You know? So again, that, that's why I'm involved with Redline because I think the heart, the soul, the ability to just focus on the teams and getting the money to the teams as fast as possible is just clean line, streamlined, and it's it's really when I met Darren and Locke, the, the heart behind it is really, like they said, they've been in this business a long time. They've seen a lot of what has gone wrong, people taking advantage of these situations and, you know, certain organizations, competitors, you know, taking the information, capturing it and reselling it. And they have no heart on doing that. They don't want to do that. They want to just help the kids and make sure these programs stay afloat as well as, you know, they, they can prof, profit more than they usually do from things and get, get more money to these programs so then they can actually add to their numbers and not decrease numbers and not cut programs in schools, you know, because music, sports, you know, theater, they all are the first to get hit. Club stuff gets hit when budgets come down. I have one sample that I kind of wanted to share with you guys. Sure. Um, one thing that we're doing, um, my business partner is in Vegas, and we're, we've, we've just – we probably ran over a hundred events in two months there. Uh, people just need money big time. We've got one school. Well, it's not just one, but I'm going to give you this sample of a school. It's about a 60% free lunch, which is a poor school. Um, uh, every public school has a free lunch percentage. Um, and we got into that school and I'm going to give you some numbers, but you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers, what it would be, but we're, we're going to, we're going to raise over a hundred thousand dollars in this school and without our platform, if they were to go do car washes and, and the traditional thing, I, I would guess that they would not combine. We're going to probably run 15 to 20 programs there. We're going to go over $100,000 that we'll raise for those programs. Um, and I would guess that they, without us, they, they couldn't raise. They probably couldn't get to 20000 so that kind of gives you a sample. And the cool thing about it, what we're doing now is we're going to have some more programs like this. Um, but we're, we're, we're right now in that school, as soon as when we, we raise 100000 uh, combined with different programs, um, we're going to start doing some um, scholarship stuff. So we're going to do a female scholarship, a, a male scholarship, you know, call it whatever, 500 here, 1,000 here. We're going to do a lot of that stuff. So then you know, schools will kind of like game plan and say, hey, look, this company, they're, they're here for us. If we do this, you know, they're going to give back to us. So there's a lot of cool things we're doing. Um, I'm excited about it. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to have you guys, you know, kind of on our team. It's, it's, it's fun to have um, to, to get to, you know, when you start putting people with good resumes and people that have done a lot of things, when you start putting heads together, I mean, it just makes it, uh, you know, it's going to make us a bigger and better company. For sure. And I would tell everybody out there, Redline Fundraising is, as Darren said, it's expanding, hopefully into every state here in the very near future as, soon, as quick as you can. Darren, if I could, before we yes. let you get off, I know that we, you know, we touched obviously about all your, the good that you're doing for student athletes. Yes. But I would love to talk a little bit about your backgrounds as a baseball player. Uh, we sure. A little bit before we start, Lewis Clark State Baseball yep. World Series. 
I'm gonna. David Turner has the longest resume in the world. He boasts about it <laughs> yeah, all the time. I would love for you to just boast about your your athletic uh, accomplishments. Well, specifically my that. resume. Yeah, right. My resume does not look like David's. I've been bragging on him for a week, so I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've never worked for anybody, so I've had, I've owned my own business. Um, I, I was in the construction business for a long time. I was in direct uh, uh, marketing sales for a long time. Um, I basically, you know, my, my, you know, I, uh, my baseball career, uh, unfortunately didn't go on after college, but I was for, I always tell people I was, uh, I went to college to play baseball for three years and I'm four years away from a degree. So I'm not the smart guy. I'm just, uh, the go getter that, you know, um, just got work ethic. And so, yeah, I, I, we, I was fortunate enough to win a world series. I'm an old guy in 1989. Um, our big claim to fame was we swept Wichita State uh, that uh, that year, same year in a tournament, um, and they were the Division One champions. So, um, you know, it, it's it, it's just uh, yeah, it was a great experience. I'll never forget it. The guy that coached me um, at the time, I couldn't stand him. Um, I always tell people he made Bobby Knight look like a saint, but he's uh, he's won about fourteen World Series. So, um, you know, he knew what he was doing, and he got the most out of me. And and I appreciate looking back on it. You know, it's kind of it's kind of basically molded who I am and the work ethic, you know, I know how to win. And I always tell people when I get in front of kids, you know, I don't like to lose. So let's get this, you know, let's get this done. That's my, uh, uh, you know, kind of my big go-to. So that's kind of it. I've done a lot in business, owned a construction company and just been, uh, you know, I kind of, I told David the other day, I said, it kind of just finally for the first time, I feel like I'm where I need to be. Um, you know, it's not just about me. It's we're going to make a lot of money for a lot of uh, student athletes, and that that's that's exciting to me. That's fantastic, and I just hope that that coach didn't throw a chair at you or anything. <laughs> no. So, well, he he, he did some things similar to that, but yeah, we won't get into that. For I imagine time. there's some flying <laughs> baseballs. Absolutely, absolutely. And then maybe the last thing I want to talk about real quick is I know that I mentioned it a little bit, nephew, a part of the Washington State track and field team. team. Yes. And it sounded like he had some intentions on playing for the football team. Obviously, uh, Coach Rolovich uh, now obviously has been uh, let go of his responsibilities. Uh, Just if you could give us a little insight, not into so much about, you know, the whole issue, but maybe just seeing it through your – Nephew yeah. size for a second in the craziness over at Washington State right now. Well, yeah, it's it, you know I've been on the phone with him a couple times in the last you know twenty hours. I just feel for him. I, I mean, he he's excited. He made the track team. Didn't know that he was even going to run track. Loves his track coach, so he's a track guy. You know, and always though, you know, he, he went to a camp, but because of COVID, he doesn't have a lot of film. Uh, he's very, very good. He's very, very fast. Went to a camp and was ran the fastest 40 time out of 250 kids in wow. UNLV this August. Um, or no, it was in June, sorry. And, and so got a bunch of looks there and then didn't get any offers because of the whole, you guys know the whole game with, you know, the college world is just all crunched up with more athletes than what they need. Um, so went over there and then got a meeting with track and, you know, so he's, he's, he walked on and he's not getting any money, but he's made the team and they've just been really good to him. And, he, you know, uh, at one point, um, you know, the, they said the, the football team basically had told him, you know, Hey, we want you, we just can't have you this year, you know? So he has, he kind of had an invitation to, to, to maybe play there. So yeah, it, it's, it, it's just another um, I just feel bad because it's just another hit on these kids. You know, these kids, I, I just, I, I can't imagine 
being in the shoes they've been in the last three years. I mean, his senior year, you know, he, he plays in five football games instead of, you know, eight, nine, ten, whatever it would have been. Um, yeah. So it's just one blow after another. And so, you know, I was sharing with David and David was like, hey, you know, we'll do whatever we can on, Dave. you know, David's with his background. We'll try to help, you know, if that's the route he wants to go. But at this point, you know, it's, it's kind of exciting because he's got a track. Uh, um, he's got, you know, he, he's got a track career if he wants it. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, so. Absolutely not. I was what really got me, what got me about the story is more of, you know, here's a kid again, COVID hits yeah. and he's now unable to play football to get all the tape he needs. We know how, you know, important that is to sure. get, you know, to get into college. And then the second part of it is like, okay, he gets into college. He goes there to run track, but he has meetings with the football coach. Mm-hmm. And the football coach, man, I loved you at the UNLV thing. I just yeah. don't have room for you because, again, we didn't graduate that many seniors like we thought we would and we usually do. Can you just come? And, again, we're not – we can't give you any money, but come. But next year, right. you know, we got, we'll got we have a spot and we'll make sure we reserve it for you and you're an in-state tuition. Like, it all lined up and looked good for him. And now, as you and I will dive a little bit deeper in later, you know, yep. the coach gets let go and – you know, the, like Darren said, the last 20 hours, the kid's like, well, I had all these plans. I had these promises. Like, what am I going to do now? You know? Right. And, and, I, and I was like, man, it's so crazy that we had already booked Darren to be on the show tonight. And then to learn about what was going on there. And then you and I were talking about it later about the coach and everything. So I was like, man, let's tell this personal story because we like to bring the business side to everything. But here's really uh, a personal story how – the business decisions affect this one kid who's 18 years old and just looking to live out his childhood dreams of playing, you know, football at the next level. And he thought he, you know, he thought he maximized his opportunity at the, at the UNLV camp to get that opportunity at WSU. And now the business decision of letting the coach go is going to affect this kid where he might need to transfer somewhere else to capture that dream again. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it's a crazy story. I know we're going to, if we're going to get into Nick Rolovich and obviously the, uh, the unfortunate circumstances around the Washington state program, but Darren really appreciate you uh, for jumping on with us again, Darren Brewer, CEO of Redline fundraising. Uh, Darren, if you want to take a second to tell where oh. the folks, where we can find Definitely. Know, obviously the company, all that good stuff. Really appreciate you hopping on. Definitely. I, thanks for having me, guys. One last quick story. Sure. Um, I want to I tell you about our best baseball team last spring, one of the best teams in Nevada. I won't name names, but um, 52 kids um, raised over $40,000. What's really exciting is I showed up at 5 o'clock. I left at 5.15, and they were over $21,000. So that's how fast it can happen. That's kind of what's cool about what we do. Um, and I'll tell you something, when I left there, you want to talk about some fired up kids. I mean, that was like winning game one um, and they hadn't even played yet. You know, so um, it really, truly can be a team building thing. It, uh, it's something that, that that's, that's just I mean, we, we're to, I'm so excited. I can't stand it. But as far as, you know, where where do where do we go? We don't have a lot of web prefer- preference right now um, out there. But, uh, you know, my numbers, uh, you know, I'm going to get, you know, Darren at redlinefundraising.com. 
My cell phone number is 360-421-5793. Um, we, we're, in the, we're in the process of doing some different website changes. Um, and, you know, because of some, some competition, we're kind of dragging our feet a little bit. Um, and we're more of kind of boots on ground. We're not really advertising. We're, we're, we're basically referral, um, uh, you know, more of a referral business. Some of our reps do not even call on, on coaches anymore. They're just the phone rings um, because of the success that we're having. So um, I appreciate you guys. Um, David, did I leave anything out that, you know, on us, that, on Redline that you wanted to add? I don't know. I mean. No, I think Redline has, again, an incredible growth potential, and we're going to see it here in the next few months. And anybody who didn't capture, you know, Darren's contact information, obviously use all the MAV you know, information, contact me, contact Ryan. We'll get you linked up with Darren. And that's the beautiful thing about this. The technology's out front, so the benefits are out front, and they're boots on the ground. This is a mom-and-pop shop. And again, it's and you you know we got the CEO here on you know on right right here. I mean, you're hearing it from the man himself who developed this technology and why he did it. So, I think that covers everything for tonight. And again, if you need to know more about Redline, just contact Ryan myself. We'll get you in contact with Darren and the company. If you really and again, they're open in six states, but they can fly in anywhere. They can do anything across the country. They can even go international. I mean, their business licenses are all lined up. So if you didn't hear your state lined up today and you're in Texas or Pennsylvania or, you know, God awful New Jersey, just kidding, just giving Ryan crap, um, <laughs> you know, let us know. We'll get, you know, Darren, we'll get everything to Darren. Darren will get somebody there, boots on the ground, and they'll make it happen for your program. Don't be limited by, you know, thinking, oh, they're not here. We haven't heard of them. We'll reach out because Darren is the kind of man that will get on a plane and make it happen for your program. Absolutely. All right. I love, I love that. I think it's a great way to end this, Darren. We'll definitely have to have you back on again to see the growth in the future. But thank yeah. you so much for taking a little bit of time with us tonight. Appreciate it. Uh, so it means a lot. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Right, good night. You too. All right, well, David, it's a perfect segue from Darren. I don't even know if he knew that he did this, but he gave us the final story that was about a baseball team in Nevada that had raised a ton of money. And our next guest is actually from the University of Nevada and Reno. So, well, they also, hold on, Darren lives in Reno, and his oh. daughter played softball at UNR. So we didn't get into that because we were kind of running long, and I knew we had we had the player coming on, right? So yeah. I was like, well, Cole's probably waiting, and I don't want to do that to him. But Darren literally lives in Reno, and his daughter plays softball at Reno. So, now, Have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, and likeness yet? No. What's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? Probably access the companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can connect those dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a living off of their own likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting so we can help you navigate your path to gaining corporate sponsorships for your collegiate career. As athletes, earning potential is unlimited. Why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what sport you play. We here, at all, we here help all of our clients achieve their goals. Just contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. David, you were, you were going to say, hey, man, you're doing the wrong read there. Anyway. I was just letting you go double. I was like, you know, anyway, we can, you know, we're all about helping people. So it doesn't matter what package they pick, whether it's the film, the scouting package, 
whatever it is. We're always going to help them out. One of the best tight ends in all of college football and in the 2022 NFL draft prospect as well. Welcoming on Cole Turner, who I've actually had the fortune of talking to in the past when he was uh, have, kind of having his breakout season this past year in 2020. Cole's fresh off of a 12-catch, 175 performance in their 34-17 victory over Hawaii. Cole, how's it going, brother? I know it's been a little bit. I'm doing well. It's good to hear you hear from you again. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, Cole, I saw I saw the stat line this past weekend, right? So I was like, dude, like I need I need to hit Cole up because he. I know you had, you know, you were having a couple nice games. I know you just had two touchdowns the week prior, but I'm like, this this performance obviously is going to start turning some heads. And I obviously, you know, I think that you're one of the best tight ends in all of college football. Obviously, playing out there with Carson, Romeo, all those boys. Let, take me through though, Cole. I'm going to go to the Hawaii game, of course. 34-17 victory. You guys are on a nice roll, five and one to start the season. Schematically, when you were getting ready for the Hawaii game specifically. Did you have a feeling that you were going to have this big of a game? Was there something about the defense schematically that you looked at and said, this is a lot of opportunity for me? No, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that I would get a few more opportunities than usual, but obviously not to the extent that it happened. But, but I mean, that's usually how the game goes. You know, you game plan and you, know, you game plan for everyone to get their opportunities and kind of how the game's going, who's ever uh, – is doing well if they kind of keep, you know, the ball keeps fine in your hand. So I got pretty lucky that Carson kept trusting me and beating me. Now, second year as a, a headliner for the team, I imagine a lot of people like key on you because, you know, you're, you're flying up the draft charts with all the, all the hype that I'm hearing about you. Um, what, what has been the biggest improvement in your game from last season to this season? Yeah, um, I feel like uh, from this season to last season, you know, I feel I'm a lot more confident being in line as a blocker. I feel like I show a lot more of that this year on film. I mean, I, I didn't have too much of that last year. I think, you know, I caught a lot of passes and stuff, and I still do that as well. But I feel like just out of different formations and kind of showing my versatility off a little more, I feel like is what I've shown more this year. And Cole, I, I know um, I, I've told, I've kind of given David a little bit of the skinny on you. I know he's seen you obviously, you know, play at Nevada a few times at this point. But you know, obviously the wide receiver background, getting a little bigger, playing kind of that big slot role. It's, it's awesome to hear that you're kind of getting more opportunities in the run game because you obviously have the six six, two hundred forty plus pound frame. How do you feel like the maturation of your physical perspective? Because I I saw you obviously this past game and a couple games this season. You look a lot bigger. How has kind of just the weight gain and physical maturity been? Yeah, I mean, I, I still feel like uh, I, I was still growing into my body until until this year. I feel, you know, fully confident more of just moving around, honestly, on the field and just becoming more comfortable with the ball in my hands and doing stuff after the catch and kind of just running routes in general. You know, it's a I made a transition from receiver to tight end, like you said. So it is a little bit of a, a different position and kind of a different mindset on the game. So I just, I just feel, you know, I'm still in my second year, but I just, it's a big jump having also this year, we didn't have all the COVID stuff. So I got to spend a lot more time with my coaches and, you know, spend a little more time in person watching film and a little more extra work. So I think all that helped out. And I'll tell you, David is already super jealous of you, Cole, because he's looking at your hair right now and he's like, man, I wish <laughs> I could pull something like that off. And he, he's also, I know he's going to rip on me in a couple minutes because he knows, I mean, and I've talked to you about this before. I'm a huge 
fan of obviously your quarterback Carson Strong. I I think that he has the potential to maybe go first overall this this year if everything goes right for him, All Star game, all that type of stuff. I want to ask you about the connection that you guys have. Obviously, you your roommates. You've played together for a few years. Second year, obviously, with it with a big role. Talk to me a little bit about the connection with Carson and how that has kind of expanded over the last two years. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like you said, Carson's my boy, like off the field. So, I mean, it's not hard to, to play with a guy, you know, that you're good friends with. So, um, I mean, it definitely translates on the field. We see the game very similar. We spend a lot of time watching film together. So we kind of know what what's, what's, what we're going to get into going into the game. Um, we've been put, we've been, you know, like you said, playing a big role together for two years, but in reality, we've been throwing the ball together for almost five years, four and a half years now. So, I mean, it's all just, you know, it's just time and repetition and spending so much, you know, time and effort together that to the point where it feels second nature when you're out there. And obviously, I, I, lo- I love Coach Mummy and what he's done offensively over there. And I know that you guys, you know, I know you're also roommate, or at least you were roommates with Romeo as well. Obviously, he's a fantastic yeah, receiver. And um, you, you got Cooks. There's a lot of great well, just pass catchers in this offense in general. Question for that group in general, Cole. How special is that group? Because I'm just watching everywhere, man. I feel like you guys have five to six guys that can take the top off the defense at any point. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, we feel that way too. We feel like we got, you know, like down the line, we just have game changers in general. So, I mean, if you if you look at our stat book over, you know, the whole season, we have different guys that are leading receiving every single game. So, I mean, I feel like we're just a really deep group. We're also a, a very confident group in what we can do and how we can change the game. And we want to be, you know, we have a great quarterback too that knows how to give us the ball, luckily. So, it's a really good uh, connection and, you know, the O-line does a good job without, we don't give up too many sacks as well. So it's really, a, you know, that's the whole offense in general. So we're really lucky to be playing such a good system as well with, like you said, with Coach Mummy, he finds different ways to get everyone the ball and get everyone opportunities. So I, I think, I think honestly, as a whole offense, we're just kind of catching our stride these past couple of games. So hopefully we can keep ascending and that's the goal to hopefully play in a conference championship game. And I can't forget about the running backs. And, of course, you just mentioned the offensive line. Aaron Frost and the crew, man. Like, there's talent everywhere. I'm just so excited about what you guys are able to accomplish this year. I'm really pumped up about it. I'm sorry, David. I just keep cutting you off, man. This is a fun one for me. I'm sorry. No, I, I knew you were going to blow them blow off like a fish over here because that's just how you are. I mean, when it comes to the Nevada football team, this guy won't shut up. It's like, you know, he's, he's your biggest cheerleader. You should have a skirt on and pom-poms. But – uh, sitting with sitting at five and one after this uh, thirty-four to seventeen victory over Hawaii, what are some goals for you down the stretch and for the team? Like, what what are some things that you're like? You know, I I only have a few more games to accomplish. So, what are some of these season-long goals you've set for yourself? You've already mentioned as a team, you guys want to play in the conference championship and do all that. But what are maybe some goals that we're not aware of that you're able to share with us that, you know, you're still looking to go personally and for the team? Yeah. I mean, uh, as a team, we definitely want to, we want to win the conference. Like I said earlier, that's, that's the biggest goal I think on everyone's mind, you know, before any, anything individually, um, just cause our, at Nevada, they've never won a conference championship in the mountain West, only in the WAC. So I think, I think that would be something really cool and then hopefully go to the LA bowl or, you know, maybe even sneak into a new year six, six game, you know, you never know what's going to happen in college football. So that would be really sweet as well. 
um, that's something that we're all looking forward to. And then, you know, hopefully I, w- I want to play in the Reese's Senior Bowl. You know, that's that's a big goal of mine, I would say. And then hopefully be able to make it to the combine and kind of show what I can do. Yeah. And Cole, I, I really want to touch briefly on the kind of that draft journey for a second, because I know, obviously, I'm going to be bugging you during the draft process to, to get another interview. Shocker. You know, that's going to happen. Shut up, it's going to happen. And I, I, David, I'm just happy. I hit Cole up last season. He was having a breakout year, but I'm like, that dude's an NFLer. Like, you can look at him and you can just see it, right? Like, I, I, I'm going to take a little claim here to say that I was early on Cole Turner. Now I'm looking at this, Cole. And you're on every watch list. You mentioned the Senior Bowl. You're on the East-West, which is playing their games. They're playing this year in Nevada as well. Just throw that out there in Las Vegas as well. You're on every watch list. You're getting a lot of notoriety. A lot of draft guys are talking about you. How cool is it just to you know take a step back from the season a little bit, just before the season, during the season now, to get that notoriety after you know just a couple years ago you're just a role player and now you're one of the best pass catchers in college football and getting that type of next-level attention? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really cool, honestly. You know, I, I've definitely came a long way in my journey. Like you said, like I wasn't one of those guys who was playing as a true freshman. And, you know, you don't, you don't see a lot of guys from group of five schools or smaller schools that, you know, get the chance to break out over just a couple of years. So I'm really lucky that people have taken notice and I'm lucky to be around some other great players, like you mentioned. So it's on me always. And, you know, that's that's probably what I'm most proud of is just the journey that I've been on. And, you know, if it's and it feels like it's just getting started. So uh, I'm excited for what's in the future, but I'm definitely not trying to look past anything in the present at the same time. Absolutely, man. Well, Cole, we really appreciate you taking a little bit of time with us. You can follow him at Cole, King Cole underscore Turner, capital K, capital C, capital T. Again, man, going to be bugging you one more time during the draft season, but really appreciate <laughs> you hopping on with us tonight, man. Really do. Yeah, no problem. I mean, you like you said, you know, you were, I think you were the first guy to, you know, hit me up. That was really, you know, that could that said it. You know, he thought I had what it took to take to the next level. Besides, you know, outside of family, friends, and you know, my personal coaches. So, I appreciate you noticing that, and you know, just looking out for the whole team in general. Absolutely, brother. We'll talk to you again very soon, Cole. Thank you so much. No doubt. Take care, Cole. You too. Man, I really like that guy, David. I'm just on a personal level. Really couldn't man. tell. Oh, man. I, I just remember because, David, you know what's really refreshing to me? It, this is really no, refreshing. No, tell me. Please tell me. I'm going to tell you because I hit this kid up last year when he during his breakout year. Like, it wasn't near the end. It was just in the middle. He had a couple nice games. I'm like, the dude is 6'6", 240 plus and can run a little bit, former wide receiver. And I talked to him. And I don't know if you could tell him there, but I think you could. He's really soft-spoken, man, and he's pretty modest. Like, I don't think he quite understands how good he can be yet, which I – that for me is pretty rare because sometimes you talk to guys and you interview them and you're just like, this guy's full of themselves, you know, and this guy thinks he's the man. He's too cool for school. I respect Cole because I know that he's a hard worker and that he is not – he's not been just given things, you know. He's like one of those grinders. So I'm just I'm just going to throw that out on Cole. I know you don't care. I know you're rolling no. your eyes. Oh, you know, he kind of re- reminded me of when I was listening to him talk, and it's kind of how Knox, the uh, tight end from the Bills, came out when he first came out. Interviewed you know, him, I interviewed him, too. He was a freak athlete coming out. of uh, Freak athlete. Never really – I don't think he had a touchdown pass in college. Nope. Um, and so he was just somebody that someone took a shot on. This, you know, obviously Cole's going to be more of a proven product because of everything he's done. 
but I'm sure somebody will knock him like he said, you know, he had to work on his blocking and this and that. So yeah. someone's going to come up with a hole or two and why they didn't have him up higher and all this stuff because that's what scouts do to cover their ass. But, you know, for me, listening to him talk and watching uh, the few games I've watched of, uh, you know, obviously Nevada out here and, you know, two, or out here in Arizona, I get to watch those games. You know, I, I see a guy like Knox, you know, like that style of player um, that he can really grow into at the next level. Yeah, and he's a guy that I'm told is going to test really well at 6'6", 240 plus. And he's a guy that in this air raid system has been asked to play big slot in line a little bit. Sounds like he's doing a little bit more this year. But they, I mean, they put him out wide, David. Like they put, they run by like three by one sets or three or whatever. They isolate him backside and let him work against cornerbacks too on the backside, use his size. So really talented football player. I'm excited for him and the rest of the Nevada offense, but I'm really excited for him on the all-star circuit as well, because I'm really looking forward to seeing him as a mismatch weapon. So last segment we want to talk about, talked about a little bit with Darren. Nick Rolovich. I'm going to roll through this. You like that pun there for a second? Roll mm-hmm. this, roll through. I'm going to roll through the timeline here of the resignation or the termination of Nick Rolovich. So if we go back to July 21st, David, during the summer, um, he announced that he will not receive the COVID-19 vaccine and will only participate at that time, the Pac-12 media day, remotely. So he would not be there in person. Then fast forward a week after that, he spoke at the media day and he talked about it being an individual's choice to not receive the vaccine, which I know we both don't agree with, but like, okay, that's his prerogative. That's his choice. I am going to sit back, whatever. October 9th, now flash forwarding 10 days ago, USA Today reports that Rolovich asked for religious exemption to Washington vaccine mandate for state employees and Rolovich confirmed that himself. So he asked for an exemption due to his religious beliefs. October 16th, which was just a three days ago, after beating Stanford, Rolovich said, I don't think this is in my hands when asked if he coached his last game at Washington State. So obviously the writing was on the wall after this game against Stanford. Yesterday, October 18th, Washington vaccine mandates for state employees went fully into effect. And on the same day, Washington State University fires coach Nick Rolovich on the day that the mandate kicked in. So, David, we've texted about this briefly, but not really gone in-depth about it. We went to talk to Darren a little bit about it. Let's open it up here. Last 10 minutes or so of this, your thoughts on the, the termination of Nick Rolovich according to the not following the mandate of having the, um, the vaccine and, you know, going against it. Well, again, it's not just a university mandate. It's an entire state mandate. State mandate. <laughs> right. So people yeah. have to understand that. Before, what I've seen a little bit of people jumping on the university. It's like, listen, it's a governor's mandate that all state employees, which Washington State University, <laughs> they're all state employees. So how, how can you give an exemption to the football coach and not exemption to others. And from what I understand, his – and I don't know this man. Let's just put this out. Like, I've had a lot of interaction with a lot of coaches and stuff, so I could be in-depth a little bit more, but I don't know this man. Yeah. But the word I've gotten is that asking for the religious religious exemption wasn't so 
um, qualified <laughs> for him. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. And and it, and also they also let four other coaches go. It wasn't just him. There and in total, five coaches got let go. Now I don't understand this as a business decision, and I know we got some far far writers that are going to jump on us. Cool, let's debate. I'm always about it. Okay, but. You say it shouldn't be a mandate. They shouldn't be able to mandate. They, we mandate, as a society, vaccinations get put into our children to go to school. Right. We mandate that to go on certain trips for our college kids to go on the abroad trips or go study abroad. They get vaccinations for diseases that they might experience in other countries. We Can I mandate. Put real quick? Uh, to add to the mandate, just to this add just to what you're saying, night. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just putting this out there because so I think I'm going to forget it. I was mandated to get the whooping cough, whooping cough vaccine before my daughter was born, so I could even see my own daughter. So just putting that into to continue your thought. Go ahead. Sorry. We mandate all the time. You're you're mandated to wear a motorcycle helmet in certain states. You're mandated to wear a seatbelt and everywhere. You you follow. The guidelines on the freaking speed limit. Like, this is all things that we are told and asked to do in our lives that most of us don't want to do. I don't want to drive 35 down the road. Okay? But if I don't, I get a speeding ticket. There's a consequence. I have a choice to drive 35 or not drive 35. It's a choice. And if I choose the speed, I get a ticket. You were mandated to take a vaccine as a state employee. Yeah. You knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. They were upfront and honest with you about what was going to happen. So why didn't you just resign before? Right. Why are you making these young men go through the season with you starting the season as their coach mm -hmm. when you knew how it was going to end? Right. Because it was only going to go to October 18th. Like, what, what was going to happen? Right. At point? Like, that was known before the kickoff of the season. Right. So why did you start this journey? You knew you were never going. You never intended to finish. Because to finish it, you had to receive a vaccine. And I'm not telling anybody to go get the vaccine. Do what the fuck you want. I don't care. I prefer you all get vaccinated, and I've had plenty of time on my show to tell you why, and I try to put and lay it out for you, but if you don't want to listen, whatever. Do what the hell you want, but understand the consequences of not following this because of the business and state mandate. You got to go work somewhere else, and unfortunately, in college sports, there's a mentality of going to work somewhere. If you don't if you didn't follow the rules over there, how am I going to trust you to follow the rules over here? If you broke the rules over there, how can I trust you to not break the rules over here? So it's going to be very hard for him to get a job. He might need to sit two, three years out until this whole COVID thing hopefully dies down. But with that being said, it's going to be hard for him to get a job because he didn't, he wasn't a team player and just, you know, do what was asked of him 
which is get a vaccine. And I guarantee you, if you look at his vaccine card from a kid, he was vaccinated by his parents. There wasn't a religious belief beforehand why he didn't have vaccine. Now, now there are religious people out there. Don't get me wrong. Yes. They don't vaccinate their kids. From a young age, they have cards that say, hey, I am religiously obligated. I'm not going to take vaccines. And those kids are still allowed to go to school. And, and there are deep-rooted religious beliefs. And I support those. I'm an American. I want everybody to have a choice. Cool. But I also support businesses. And a business has a right to, to, to put policies and procedures into place to protect themselves, their liability, and the other workers in that workplace. And here in the University of Washington, State Washington, at WSU, that company, that institution, put into place, a, you know, the governor and the, and the school, a mandate to get vaccinated. And you failed these young men by starting the season knowing that this was going to happen. And now you got to walk off the job and be forced out of your job instead of being a man and just saying, you know what, I'm not going to get vaccinated, so I'm not going to start the season because I know I can't finish it. Right. And that's the same mentality I talked about when those kids last year played a couple games and then they quit and they said, I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to go train for the NFL draft. I said the same thing. I would prefer them never to step on the field and start something with their teammates that they knew they were never going to finish. And this is the same thing with this coach. You knew you weren't going to comply to that mandate. So why did you start something you weren't going to finish and put promises to these kids? And then guys like, you know, Darren's nephew, you know, you made him believe he had a spot on the team. And so he goes there to school and he makes a, a, a decision where he had other options. Yeah. And now that kid is out of an opportunity because you didn't want to take a shot. I'm, I'm curious on what the timeline is as far as like when he put in to have the exempt, exemption from, for the religious. Because it's speculation. And I don't want to question his religious background and his beliefs because I don't know him. You, you mentioned that as well. Like, I don't know him personally. I will say, though, is if he is using that completely as a crutch and a way to get around his belief to not have the vaccine, then that's wrong. Like, that's just flat out wrong. So now you are using religion and lack thereof, potentially, as a misguided form to get you out of something. And that is wrong. That is deeply wrong because, like you said, there are people that take that very seriously and that are deeply religious. And if they are, more power to them. I do not – I probably do not believe the same thing that you believe, but I respect that people have their own beliefs in that environment. So, like, if you if he used that completely out of pure, like, manipulation, then that is awful. But I would like to know when he first made this attempt because it came out October 9th that it had been something that he had appealed – and I agree with you completely, David. And my biggest takeaway from this is, where is the foresight here? Like, what did you think was going to happen? Especially, I hope that it wasn't like in October. He's like, huh, this isn't blown over, huh? Like, this isn't going to be a thing. Uh, now I'm going to make this religious exemption, and I'm going to hope it all works out for me. And I put my players in a terrible situation because now they have to deal with, I'm sure it's an interim basis, obviously, for a coach on the staff. They were told things leading up to the season. and 
I mean, do you think about the freshmen that were recruited there? You mentioned like Darren's nephew, who was a, per, a player that may have been on the team next year. What about this freshman class that just came in? That's like it, this guy was in their their living rooms a few months ago, like selling to their family, like this is what I'm going to give to you. I'm going to be here for the next four to five years, and I'm going to help your kid grow and be great young men and blah 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 blah. I mean, you failed them. You failed them. You failed your team. And I think that this is a little, again, it's a choice. So I'm not going to be as harsh as I possibly can on this. But, like, it's it's selfish. It is a selfish thing that you did. And you your opinions and your beliefs ended up being more important than the 100 men that you lead every day. So that's where my biggest quarrel is with it. And, I, and I'm with you on this. You're, you're given a leadership position. Yes, and we talked about leadership positions last week with Gruden and um, you know Spanky down there in Jacksonville, and Spanky called him Spanky. All right, go ahead. And now we're talking about another leadership position. Yep. And I, again, if your beliefs keep you from taking the shot and being vaccinated, I'm not condemning you. Like I get it. You have strong beliefs. Do it. My problem is you entered the season knowing you were not going to see it through. Yes. And again, sitting in those living rooms telling those kids he was fully intended to live it out. I get it. You know, they didn't put this mandate into place until, what, June, July? Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, he he recruited everybody there. He said the best he could do. But by the time they kick off season, he knew this mandate was in place. Yeah, it's not like it just popped up like a week ago. Like Yeah, it did just pop there. up on him. Yeah. They said, you have six weeks to get comply or not. Right. Or seven or, eight, seven or eight, I think it was actually, just to be honest. Yeah. So they gave him like two months to comply. Yep. And, and he knew he wasn't going to do it. Now you got a season, instead of stepping away, letting the interim tag come in, and run the season for him and just say, you know what, this is what's better for the team because I'm not going to be here at the end of the season. Like, that's a leader. That's accountability. Not, I'm going to enter into this and I'm going to try for a religious exemption. And if they don't give it to me, well, then they'll have to fire me. Yeah. Like, to me, that's not it. It's like you should have settled, have your house in order before the season starts. I'm sure if you went to the administration as a head football coach and said, listen, I'm not taking the shot. I'm going to you know, ask for a religious exemption. Will you give it to me? Tell me before the season because I don't want to do this to the players. I don't want to start this season if you're not going to give it to me. They're going to they're, they're gonna twiddle their thumbs. You know, They're not going to twiddle yeah. their thumbs. They're going to be like, well, we need to tell them because you know, if we're not going to give him the exemption, he's got to move on and we're going to let him move on. Because it's something that the state mandate is going to force us to make a move on, you know? So I don't get it. I don't understand it. I really don't. And I don't understand people getting the face vaccine cards to continue to keep their jobs. Like, I don't get it. Go work somewhere else. Go find some other place that will employ you without the vaccine. It's America. You have a choice to work wherever the hell you want. Put your applications into places that aren't mandating the vaccine. Yeah. Now, they might not pay you as much. They might not be exactly what you want. But if this belief is so powerful that you won't take the vaccine, 
then make the choice to walk away from your job and go find one that doesn't demand it. Don't go get a fake card and make people think that you're vaccinated. Don't, don't you know, claim religious exemption and not really believe in religion because all that is is bastardizing the people that actually do it. Yeah. You know, and and actually believe this stuff. You know, and I don't want to walk in somebody somewhere with my vaccination card, and then somebody walking behind me with one they bought, and right. now we're all. And again, they could be carrying the variant, which a friend of mine in Georgia got. And this is her third week struggling with it. Now she's not in the hospital. She's not ventilated, but she's still struggling with it. And it's like, I don't want to be sitting at a table thinking you're vaccinated and, and you're not. Right. Like, don't lie. And that's my thing. It's like leadership positions and management positions need to have more character and integrity than what we're seeing. Right now, it's all about beat the system. Those people used to be low-character people that never got hired in these leadership positions because it wasn't about beat the system. Lead the right way. Gettleman always said, win, win, no, win, but how you win is important. Sure. And the I, I don't know if it's ironic, but two days before he was terminated, they actually just had beaten Stanford in a pretty nice win for Washington State. And a... I don't want to say funny, but a very ironic sentiment that he left the reporters with was he said, it, when asked if it was his last game, because the mandate was upon us, I don't think this is in my hands. Coach, I, I think this was in your hands, sir, actually. This was, uh, this was something that you could have prevented, or this was something that you probably should have handled a lot differently. So... A lot of conversation, a lot of layers to the uh, termination of head coach Nick Rolovich from Washington State. Want to thank Mr. Cole Turner for hopping on, of course, star tight end out of Nevada. Also want to thank, uh, of course, Darren Brewer, CEO of Redline Fundraiser, for hopping on with us to talk about his business venture and a little bit of the sports world. Uh, make sure. We really appreciate it. I'm going to throw it over to David Turner for a final shot in a second, but we would truly appreciate like, a share, if you're on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, a subscription and a rating. If you want to give us a review, we would absolutely adore you all forever and ever and ever. Would appreciate it. as we continue to grow Map Sports Take. Now in episode 62, thank everybody that followed along in Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you tuned into the show live tonight. We really do appreciate you kicking it over to David Turner. Final thought of the night. What are you leaving us with, my friend? When we talk about leadership a lot the last couple of weeks, when we talk about not doing things the right way, let's talk about doing things the right fucking way. LSU and Coach O, let's talk about doing things the right fucking way. Okay? Coach O, before the last game, he knew he was going in against Florida, back against the wall. His players were, like, all upset, and he told his players. He stood up in front of his players and said, you play this game. I'm going to be all right. Whatever happens, I'll be all right. Don't use me as motivation. Don't use me as the rallying cry. This is your season. This is about you. You win this game for you, not for me. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the game, next day comes out, Coach O is going to be allowed to coach the rest of the season, but this is it for him. And LSU is doing a classy thing by not firing him, not moving ahead in the search right away, not scrambling to get him off campus. 
and you know have security get his boxes for him. No, class, dignity, style. LSU said, "You finish your season, coach. We let you start it. You finish it, but at the end, you're done." And you know what? That's going out with dignity. That's going out the right way. I got to experience that my my second year in the NFL when I worked for the New York Football Giants. With about five games to go, they let Coach Fossil know he was going to get fired. Fossil said, let me finish what I started. And the Mara family, Wellington Mara, John Mara, they said, yep, you finish what you started, but just know you're done at the end. He said, absolutely, got it. And he went out there and he won a couple more games. And he put the organization in the best position he could at that time. And he walked away with his head high because he got to finish it. He wasn't shown the door in a rough way or on a fucking runway or any of that kind of bullshit that we've seen over the course of these years. Have some class, have some style, have some give your coach dignity. So the next coach coming in sees how you treated him on his way out. Because what's more important as an empl- a player, an employee, or an organization? It's not how you treat me when I'm walking in the door. It's how you treat me when I'm walking out. Sorry, I thought there was a dramatic pause there. That was fantastic, David Turner. That was wonderful. Very well said. Thank you all again for tuning in tonight. We'll be back same time, same place. Make sure to give us a subscription. Make sure to give us a rate. Make sure to send us a review. We thank you all so much. See you at the same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to its signing. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area in its April 1st, 2024.